Welcome to episode 18 of the Hot Esquina podcast. Yo soy Enrique. I am joined as always by my talented co-host Sean Negron. Today, we're going to give our thoughts on the Yankees split with the Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to talk Nestor Cortez, Jamison Tyone, Garrett Cole, the umpiring during Garrett Cole's game. We are going to give you a preview of the upcoming series versus the Angels with special guest Jared Timms from Talking Halos. And we're going to give our thoughts on the Yankees acquisition of Matt Carpenter. And we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Are you out? And we're back. So before we get started, let me welcome on my ultra-talented co-host, Sean Negron, who's about to go on his wedding after going on his honeymoon first. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Mixed emotions over the Yankees, starting hot and then going cold like that to end it. But, you know, besides that, obviously, it's an important week for me getting married this upcoming Saturday. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, I got, I got the uh, butterflies that like people like to say, definitely got the butterflies. I'm, I'm excited, a little nervous, got a lot of stuff still to do, but I'm excited overall, really happy that, uh, you know, I'm in this position. Congratulations, brother. Or maybe some of our listeners might be listening to this and being like, don't do it go away, <laughs> run, you know, depending which side of the fence you fall on, on that man, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion, but I congratulate you. I wish you nothing but success on, on a great wedding and, you know, a great marriage, obviously, because that's, that's what counts, right? The marriage, not so much the wedding, the wedding, you know, you forget it in a few years. So the marriage <laughs> is what's your, what's going to stay. So <laughs> I wish you yes. nothing but luck and success, brother. I appreciate that, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. Nine years comes by so quick. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's on, it's just an honor. It's, it's awesome. Like I could not, you know, be more blessed with the situation and with the person I'm with. So, you know, it's, it's great. Nine years. You guys practically are married already, bro. This is, this is just, Uh, (laughs) this is just pretty much a, a, um, a paper official making statement. it official yeah an official statement on it but you guys have already been married basically it's it's yeah basically already living that life yeah it's that's the reason why i'm the only reason why i'm nervous is because like you know now you see a whole bunch of people you know at the same time and so that is so that's always a little nerve-wracking for me but yeah we've i've you know i've been with her for nine years lived with her for seven so it's kind of just been like it's just an official you know signature at this point but it is, it's still, you know, it has that little moment and, you know, it's, it's going to be great. Well, I, I, like I said, man, I'm super happy for you. Hopefully the Yankees can, can do their part and, and not make you stressed during that time. You know what I'm saying? Last thing we need, Sean, is you looking <laughs> at your phone and seeing the Yankees, you know, not do their job or get beat or, you know, get blown out. And then that ruins your entire, you know, wedding <laughs> vibes you got going on, man. So Hopefully the Yankees uh, can uphold their end and make your weekend that much more enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I already told the DJ that if the, uh, because I'll be in the middle of the wedding during it. 
Then when they play Detroit, I think it's a one o'clock game. I said, if Yankees win, I'm going to just give you the cue. Like, you know, I'll tip my cap, something Boone does to the third base coach. I'll tell him to do it and he'll put on, you know, the, the song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell him to put on, you know, uh, uh, one of the, one of the Yankees, the Yankees win song. Of course, I'm forgetting. New cool. York, New York by yeah, Frank Sinatra, bro. Come on, dude. Dude, I'm see. I have so much going on. I'm not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely put on uh, New York, New York by uh, Frank Sinatra, and then you know that's it. Everyone be like, "What's going on? What? What? Why is this song going on?" And then you know, I'll, I'll put on like a you know a Yankee jersey or something, dance around for a bit. You know, I don't dance a lot, so you know they'll they'll know it'll be for a good reason. There you go. There you go. Well. Unfortunately, man, these past couple of days, the Yankees wouldn't have been able to put that song on because unfortunately, Sean, they they split the series with Tampa, uh, winning the first two and losing the last two. They won 7-2 on Thursday, thanks to some good hitting by Aaron Judge, Miguel Andujar, Anthony Rizzo, but most of all, thanks to El Cubano, El Orgullo de Hialeah, Nestor Cortez, who went eight innings pitched, allowing one run on four hits while striking out five and walking one. He's four and one on the season now and has a 1.70 ERA with a 0.85 whip. El tipo está volado. Then they won their second straight versus Tampa Bay on Friday, where one day after Nestor went eight strong, Jamison Tyone decided to give the Yanks eight stellar innings of his own in what was arguably his best start as a Yankee. He struck out five, walked no one, and only allowed two hits and eight shutout innings. Glaber also homered in this one, and so did Matt Carpenter, who we're going to talk about a little later, hitting his first as a New York Yankee. Clay Holmes got the save, what else is new, striking out two in the scoreless ninth, his ERA, by the way, Clay Holmes, is now 0.36 with a 0.69 whip. Uh, can we say new closer? Yeah, I think we can say new closer. <laughs> yes, for Then sure. the Yanks lost yesterday. Yesterday being Saturday, we're recording on Sunday. 3-1 to one in a game where both starters, Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber, were locked in a pitcher's duel, both hitting their spots and having to deal with questionable ball and strike calls by home plate ump Edwin Moscoso, especially Cole, who even called out Moscoso on a ball four call to He-Man Choi that allowed him to reach. StatCast even showed that that call was a strike. Cole was visibly shaken after that, and the Rays took advantage and won. I mean, what else can we say? You know what I'm saying? He did not rebound from that call. He was visibly bothered by it, and it affected you know, his otherwise stellar performance and the Rays took advantage. I was going to say that when you give a team extra outs, they're going to capitalize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then today, the Yanks also lost two to four on a game where much like yesterday, you know, you had great pitching. Well, much like this entire series, you had great pitching from Luis Severino, who held his own and only gave up two runs, but he was charged with four because Rob Marinaccio was brought in and he couldn't do a damn thing, walked the bases loaded and allowed both runners that Luis Severino was responsible for to reach home. And, you know, Yanks bats couldn't do anything. Judge obviously did his part homering, but, you know, Yanks left a bunch of runners stranded on base. It was 
you know, it just wasn't their, their day. They left 20 runners left on base. Like you're not going to get the job done leaving 20 runners on base against a team like Tampa Bay. So, I mean, it is what it is. You come away with a series split, you know, you wanted a series win. We all wanted a series win, especially going into this big time series, this star studded series against the angels, but I'll take a split, Sean. How about you? How you feeling? It's funny because I was talking with Alex who does this podcast, Raise the Roof, and we both agreed going into the series, it was going to be tough. It's going to be a pitching duel, but probably we'd end up, you know, splitting the series, which I don't think and either of us could have seen the Yankees win the first two, the race taking the last two. But, you know, it, it, that's it's just the way it is. Uh, the Cole one, I think, hurt the most because he was dealing. And then you could you could see, like you said, after getting not, he didn't get the strike three call on G-Man Choi. And he, you know, and he's just looking at him like, what else you got to do? You know, I, I was listening to the to the game on the radio and Sterling and Susan were saying the same thing. Like, what is this? You know, what does it take for this guy to see a strike? You know, and they were, you know, saying the same thing. And I didn't realize until I had gotten home. And then I saw it on TV with G-Man. And, you know, it, it had been going on almost all game. So that hurt. Then going into, you know, today's game, which, like he said, we're recording on Sunday. So going into today's game, that hurt because... It seemed like after the Walls home run, we were kind of kind of struggling to, you know, battle back. And then, you know, it's just it always happens this way. I feel where we, you know, we give up a bigger uh, we give up a bigger deficit. Marinaccio comes in, walks, does two walks and then hits uh, Zanino on the first pitch on a slider, clearly not having it, uh, seems to settle down, gets out of the inning. But then, of course, you know, the very next half, Judge would have hit, you know, the home run. Judge hits the home run to, to make it 4-2. If Marinaccio didn't come in, it would have been tied 2-2, people say. So, you know, obviously different situations call for different things, but uh, it, that that stunk. And then if it seemed like the, you know, we just, we couldn't recover and we, we kind of were dead after that. So, you know, it hurts. You also get a lot of, um, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to, I feel like you have a lot of uh, guaranteed outs right now on the, um, on the lineup, you know, Gallo has been struggling a lot. Hicks can't find a baseball. Higashioka can't see a baseball. So, you know, it's just been a lot of, you know, when you see them come up, you're kind of already expecting like a quick three easy outs. So you kind of already, you're already back pedaling before moving forward. Well, I mean, with Hicks, he had that one hit ball late in this game that was pretty much stolen from him by walls, where if you're Aaron Hicks, you look at that play and you're like, bro, I'm cursed. Like, even when I hit the ball hard, I still can't get on base. Because that should have been a hit and an RBI for Hicks. Yeah, I for today's game, I do give him the benefit of the doubt because he had two. Where And then the at-bat before, he hit the line drive straight to third base. And that would have given the Yankees a run. And he just, you know, it just is he's he might be cursed. I don't know. You know, it's, he hit that line drive at, at 100 miles an hour right at the third baseman. And then the very next at-bat, right through the middle, through the pitcher's legs. And Walls was just happened to be right there. And he gets robbed of another hit. So I don't necessarily blame Hicks for this game. It's just, you know, he's really struggled this, this last month. And I know Yankee fans, Yankees Twitter are listening to this right now, wants to send him to the moon. And, you know, he might have a rocket ship with his name on it. But, yeah, I, it, yesterday, I, I, today's game, I, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, even though we lost and couldn't capitalize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it is what it is, man. You come away with a split and, you know, you look forward to the next series. You know, hopefully this next upcoming three-game set, we take two out of the three versus L.A. and just keep winning series, Sean. That's all you can ask for as a fan. You know, you just want them to win the series that they have on their schedule. You know, a split versus the team that's arguably going to be in it at the very end with them, like we told Alex from Raise the Roof, isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. You know, it's not like we lost the series to Tampa. We should have won it. Like, if Marinaccio had done his job, that home run by Judge would have tied it. And, you know, you would have had a brand new ball game. So, you know, theoretically, we should have won this series. But, you know, like, like I said, man, a, a split is not the worst thing in the world, especially against the team that you're going to be fighting against all year long, you know, for the AL East and maybe even in the playoffs, you know, you never know. That might be an ALDS matchup or ALCS matchup. You never know. So I'll take the split. Um, with this series, uh, like we like we mentioned a little earlier, Sean, came a little bit of a surprise to both of us where, you know, off air, we were both like, what? And of course, I'm talking about the Matt Carpenter signing. What did you think of that? I know you were completely thrown off by that and we're like, what? And especially when it was announced that it was a major league deal, you were like, a major league deal? Like, what are they doing? But, hey, I mean, the guy already has a home run and seems to be contributing. What do you think of the Matt Carpenter signing? Uh, at the time, I, I didn't know what to think of it. I was I was super confused because obviously he had really struggled with St. Louis the last couple of years. And then I knew he had signed with, with the Rangers on a minor league deal to try to kind of prove and get a swing back and see how that went. I had not seen that, you know, he had opted out because he didn't make it to the majors by this time. So if I would have saw that, I would have understood whoever, t whatever team he went to, he gets the major league deal. But I was very surprised because, you know, I, I don't think I saw the Yankees even acquiring anyone during this time. And, and especially in that moment, we didn't know the situation to Donaldson yet. He was still on the COVID IL. So we were kind of just like, is he coming back this series? Is his appeal still up? You know, can he play? Can he not? And then you see with the Carpenter deal, and then they announced later that Donaldson's on the 10 day. So that's kind of what that was for is now you can have him more car, even though Carpenter's DH, you know, the three games that he's been in, um, he can he can also play third at a elite level. He's the lefty bat to kind of even out the lineup now to give four lefties, and it's kind of also to work out in case Gallo continues to struggle. So and he was hitting over 270 in AAA with with the Texas Rangers uh, affiliate. So he seems to get his swing back. He ends up hitting the home run in Game Two of the series, and it really like sparked the crowd. It, it sparked the Yankees. You know the the team. It helped us get the win that game. So it um, definitely was uh, a nice, nice thing to see. I was very surprised. You know, we had that. We also had the right at like almost immediately after we find out Shane Green on the on the minor league deal. So it seems like the Yankees and or I should say Cashman is for real about winning a championship this year. And, you know, the team goes down. He Next man up it might not be in the minor league system. Next man up might be in the free agency just waiting for, for an opportunity. And Carpenter was one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, yeah, I know he had struggled in his last few years with St. Louis, but let's not forget, man, Matt Carpenter 
is a great ball player, you know, or at least he was at one point in time. You're talking about a guy that was an all-star in 2013, 2014, and 2016. You know, his best year, obviously, was 2013 when he finished fourth for the NL MVP, was an all-star, and won the Silver Slugger. He batted 318 that year and had a career high in hits with 199, doubles with 55, and runs scored with 126. He's a 12-year veteran, so maybe, you never know, maybe the tread, you know, the wear and tear, maybe wore on him those final few years in St. Louis. And, you know, maybe he's on the verge of a renaissance, you know, type of situation in his career where maybe he's rejuvenating his career with the Yankees you know like you said he wasn't doing too bad with the Rangers minor league affiliate and he's showing he can do it with the at the major league level with the Yankees so this very well may be a nice little sneaky addition by Brian Cashman especially once everybody gets healthy again you know when Donaldson comes back and Stanton comes back it'll be interesting to see where this guy fits in the fold you know what I'm saying like I'm I'm very interested to see it yeah me too I think uh I think he could definitely I don't think he'll be the same player the MVP caliber form but I think he can be obviously a key piece to to the to the bench or even come in for certain players in specific situations he is the lefty bat that you know, Yankee fans were crying about that we didn't have. So it's good to see that and kind of even out this lineup and and help in that sort of uh, aspect. And I think people immediately look at the negative before looking at the positive. You know, I, I see, yes, yes, he did struggle for the last three seasons. His home runs dropped from 36 to three. So, you know, his batting average drops almost 100 points. But Michael K brought this up, you know, on, on the – on the broadcast two to three times just in this series, uh, how much he has tried to get that swing back and you know, how he's seen different coaches in multiple States, how he drove to every batting, you know, institution he could to, to find it all the way to, you know, going full circle to being with his old teammate and Mac, um, Matt holiday and getting help from him. Who's now the, the assistant coach at uh, Oklahoma state, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, he's showing that he wants to keep playing. You know, he could have rolled over and been like, that's it. That's my career. There's nothing else I could do. You know, I, Mother Nature or Father Time told me this is it. So, you know, that's just how it is. But he said, no, I'm going to get my swing back because I know I'm a 250, 270 plus hitter and I could really contribute still. And he he has in AAA and Cashman saw and he's giving him a chance. Yeah. And and like I said, look. It's it's a low risk, you know. I know we talked about this off air. Stole but the a, words out of my mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Low risk, high reward, my brother. Yes. If it doesn't work, you let him go. No harm, no foul. And if exactly. it does work, you have a great option right there on the bench or somebody that can start for you, you know, whenever everybody's healthy again and Aaron Boone wants to start doing this whole rotation thing again that drove us nuts in the beginning of the year. <laughs> you know, he yeah. he's a guy you could put in there. And as Michael K also said during the broadcast, when he first showed up in Tampa with that mustache, he's the WB Mason guy. So it's like, it's yeah. a perfect fit, bro. He fits in perfectly with the Yankees. Come on now. Yeah. I, I, that or the Luigi of, uh, of, of, of <laughs> Nestor being the Mario. So yeah, I think, I think he, I think he is to, to be honest with you, I think he's here to stay. Um, I don't know for how long. I don't think it's going to be for like, you know, until Donaldson and all them come back. I think they can use this time to kind of transition back to the 13 and 13, even though it did get um, extended to 
June 20th. If it gets extended to June 20th before you can go to the 13-13 roster. But I think he is a great guy to have on the bench. Um, they're going to have to figure out more situations for him to play. That's going to be something fun to see. I'm, I'm going to like seeing if someone's struggling. All right, let's give Carpenter the chance. All right, let's get Glaber in there. Let's Obviously, Glaber has now shown that he is a starter. And we going into the season, we were thinking he's a perfect, you know, bench player. He's going to come in, you know, almost every game still. But that's all it takes is, you know, just give him a chance and he'll do it. Marwin, another great bench player. And then you obviously round it out with Trevino or Higashioka, whatever you want to say. But I think that's the that's a perfect bench to have a great playoff run in if we can, you know, obviously get there. You need that depth, man. You need that depth. Without depth, you, you're not going to go where the Yankees, you know, the front office, Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, arguably Hal Steinbrenner, let's be real. And as Yankee <laughs> yes. fans, you know, where, where we, we two hour conversation about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, if we want the Yankees to go where we all want it to go, which is, you know, to championship number 28, you need that depth. You know, you're not going to do it with just a strong starting lineup or a strong starting rotation. You need those guys that can fill in. You know, especially on a season where we're playing in a shortened season, Sean, not shortened schedule wise, but a season that, you know, everybody started with a shortened spring training. Everybody's coming in, you know, technically it's funny. We're going to get, get into June now, you know, next week. Right. And it almost feels like we're heading into May in the sense that that's like now is when you feel like players are finally rounding out into shape. They're finally, you know, getting stretched out. They're finally in playing shape in June. They're finally yeah. getting into playing shape. Like that's not normal brother. So when you're playing in a season like that, where you're starting with a shortened spring training, especially for the pitchers, you need that deep bench and that depth just in case, because I mean, it was to be expected that guys were going to get injured. I, I said it before the season started and we gave our preview show. I was like, watch, you're going to see it all throughout the majors that guys are going to drop like flies thanks to this short and spring training. And here we are. So I like the move to get a Matt Carpenter, especially if he can contribute. And, you know, if later on in the season, Cashman has any more sneaky moves like this, I'd be all for it too. So whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes to get us ring number 28. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you. He also provides the leadership role. He's mm -hmm. been there. He's done it. He's won. He's won at the highest of levels. He's been there for and not even just like a role player. He's been one of the top, if not the top hitter, you know, for the Cardinals for quite some time. And he's can, you know, he can provide so much for this team. I agree with you about that leadership aspect. It's, it's very important. So like I said, man, I, I'm very intrigued to see, where he's going to fit into this Yankee clubhouse when everybody starts getting healthy, you know, when you get guys like Donaldson and Stanton back, Stanton might be coming back pretty soon. Maybe even this upcoming week, you know, Yanks have a very interesting week coming up. And speaking of this upcoming week, we're going to now get into this next upcoming series that the Yankees have. Yankees just finished playing the Rays today. That's it. They finished that four game set. Yanks have an off day Monday, then welcome the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to the Bronx for a three game set starting on Tuesday with Jordan Montgomery versus to be announced Nestor Cortez also 
versus to be announced on Wednesday. And then Jamison Tyone versus another pitcher that's yet to be announced Thursday. This is a big series. So given that it's a big series with some marquee names coming in, we wanted to do something special and bring on a host to talk about the Angels. So without further ado, let me welcome on Jared Timms from Talking Halos. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward to the series. Should should be a fun one. Has been in the past. It's, it's never fun to travel back east, you know, and all that fun stuff. But uh, you know, we talked about it off the record. East is very, very tough and you know, it's to be advertised. But thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk some baseball in general. We're, we're very excited to have you on. Um, this is going to be a big series. I know, I know Yankee fans are looking forward to seeing the two biggest names in baseball go against us. Of course, you know, Sean, of course, we're, we're talking about the two biggest names. We're talking about Squid Velasquez and Tyler Wade coming to the Bronx, baby. Yeah, oh, who, else, who else would you uh, be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jared. Who else could we possibly be talking about when we're talking two names? Oh, man, I, I, I would have to say, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, though. Uh, Tyler Wade has been the unsung hero in Anaheim. I'll, t- I'll say it, tell you that much. And then uh, Andrew Velasquez, they just announced today their flight over. Joe Madden's having a dress like squid day so or a dress like squid flight. So look out for pictures on that because that should be fun. They had, yeah, it, it, as advertised, you know, so it should be a lot of fun. But, yeah, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, uh, it's uh, – I think out west, I think people are just getting – I don't want to call it bored of watching them, but like how good they've been, you know, it's, 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 it's so impressive. It's so much fun to watch these guys night in and night out. And sometimes I think in the, in the East, you guys still don't understand how good Mike Trout is. Um, but I do, I, I think you guys, I think you guys kind of get it now. You know, this guy, this guy's unbelievable. We know, we know he's <laughs> the best player in baseball, right? Sean, where we might not get to see the games as much as you guys do because they come on so late, but we know, we know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, he's, it's he's slumping right now and batting 350 by the way everybody's saying oh he's slumping oh. he struck out six times in a row and over his last 10 games and he's batting 350 with like a 230 wrc plus and eight extra base some stupid like that you know so that's his slump <laughs> yeah uh with him we we always we always love talking trout you know over here on the east coast it's just tough because we usually the only time we see trout is you know on espn or the sports center highlights when after like the third or fourth inning, because by then it's already midnight for us. And, you know, it's tough to, to constantly uh, watch the angels. Cause same time too, we don't get, you know, the, obviously the channel and whatever to, to watch the angels and stuff like that. But yeah, we, we know, trust me, we know Mike Trout is, uh, is the best player in baseball, especially because he's the most talked about player. And then until Shohei arrived, and now it's the two of them are the two most talked about players in baseball. So um, I got to say, as a Yankee fan, very jealous of the fact that you got Shohei because going into all of that, all those negotiations and whatever, you know, making his choice, we, the Yankee fans out here always thought like that he was going to be a Yankee. He, you know, we, we were the front runner and then to see him go with the angels, uh, I'm not even going to lie. I wasn't even that mad that he went to the angels. Cause I was glad that he wasn't on like the red Sox or the blue Jays or something like that, where we have to face him 19 times, but he's an incredible player. And I, I love watching him, you know, day in, day out. Oh, absolutely. Shohei Otani is a, a remarkable 
It really is like, you know, you watch him one day and I think we get, well, you guys will get to see him uh, hopefully pitch. I know he's working with dealing with some back problems, but hopefully he'll pitch in this next series against the Yankees. Cause I mean, it's always fun to see one of the best pitchers in baseball go up against one of the best offenses in baseball uh, in the Yankees. But yeah, I mean, he's up there pumping mid to upper nineties. I mean, his fastball's been, you know, 95 to 97, touching 98, 99 at times, just disgusting slider, probably one of the best pitches in baseball in the split finger. And then, I mean, he'll throw in this big loopy curveball out of nowhere that's like 70 to 75 miles an hour. And it's like, all right, like that's an unhittable pitch, too. So, yeah, it's it's real fun to watch him. And then, oh, yeah, he's also a hitter, by the way. I don't know if anybody knew that. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, right. He, he, hit, he hit like 45 home runs. Yeah, it's it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the key for him right now, and I, I'm intrigued to see what he does in New York because I know there's that short porch in right field. Um, as long as he keeps that front side in, ah, he's scary, man. But this season he's been pulling out a little bit too much and we, we've seen, you know, a little regression. Obviously he can't keep up to what he did last year, but I mean, just regardless of what he's doing, like I said, you don't want to compare him to Babe Ruth, but I mean, that's the closest thing to him. I mean, an unbelievable hitter, unbelievable pitcher. It's hard not to compare him to him. Yeah, man. And to do what he does at the high level that he does, he's not just some, mediocre you know middle end to lower end you know number four number five pitcher no he pitches at a high level and then hits like you know a, a top end slugger like you don't see that combination often like so I mean Ever. I'm with you that it's it's it almost seems unfair to compare him to Babe Ruth but what else can you compare him to like you said yeah, there, there is nobody else. There really isn't. I mean, got a guy like Michael Lorenzen, too, who pitched last night for the Angels, two nights ago for the Angels. And, I mean, he played the outfield a little bit. Jared Walsh pitched a little bit, and we'll probably talk about him at some point. But, it, yeah, he's just pitching and hitting. Otani's pitching and hitting at such a high level. It's it's stupid. It's unfair. It's it's like a video game. Like, that's the best way to put it. It's a video game. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, uh, as an Angels fan and as somebody that covers the team, what do you think of the long-term future and success of this team with uh, Trout and Otani both together, if if they can both stay healthy, obviously? I mean, you got to be excited about your future, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, Trout's going to be on the back end of his career, which, I mean, if it's, it's not going to be like the front end of his career, but what is he at the back end of his career? Nelson Cruz type guy? I mean, that's still even a scary type of player, too. Uh, and then Shohei Otani, as long as he stays healthy, that the biggest question for me and Otani looking forward is, can he consistently do this? You know, like he's not going to be able to play 161, 162 games, uh, pitch 25 of them, hit in 160 of them every single season. He, he just can't. That's not it's not humanly possible. I, I don't think, you know, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll talk to me in like five or seven years and see what he's doing. Uh, but. But yeah, you know, you really have to like the future. And then, you know, we haven't even didn't talk about Anthony Rendon, one of the best third basements in baseball. When he's healthy, he, he's almost he's at a one one and a half war this year. And everybody's like oh, freaking out. Oh, it's Anthony Rendon is what Angels fans call him. And it's like uh, this guy's still like this guy's still a dude. You know, he's you guys saw him enough on the East Coast, you know, so you, you know who this guy is. And and Jared Walsh, who I mentioned, he's in his prime right now and. The Angels are finally starting to develop to develop some pitching. We saw a young guy like Chase Silseth come up and out of the first guy out of the 2021 draft. Um, they got some really good. They drafted 20 pitchers. I mean, you're going to hit on a couple of those guys eventually, right? Like the Angels, the Angels are going to hit on prospects eventually. It's, it's going to happen. Um, 
they they have some interesting pieces in the minors as far as they finally gone they finally have gone into the islands and started um going internationally which i know the yankees are fantastic at that like i applaud the yankees for doing that stuff internationally they just they find they they're so good at producing uh young talent like that i mean again you guys know that i, I don't have to say it but just if anybody didn't if anybody didn't know the yankees are fantastic at that um the angels are finally starting to do that and it, it seems to be you know working working but again in the long term the angels just need to work on their player development um the pitching side of things again has started to come along and we've seen it uh but it'll be interesting to see who they can accompany with the big guys and Rendon and Trout and, and Walsh and Otani on the offensive side of things, just because again, the angels just haven't really been good at good at producing those guys yet. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, a guy like Joe Adele just has been struggling. Brandon Marsh has looked really, really good in the outfield, a really good defender, like Charlie Blackman, like is, is what a lot of people like to say. He, he reminds him of not just because of, you know, the facial hair and the long hair, but you know, he, he kind of plays like Charlie Blackman too. So, yeah, it's the Angels are such an interesting team. It's like at some point I, I like to call them cursed because that's that's the way that I look at it. You know, you have all these stars and you just can't put it together. Uh, I, Dallas Cowboys, like uh, I don't know the New York Knicks, in a sense, you know that that type of thing. Like they bring on bring in all these. Yeah, you, you guys know that the, the kind of like the Knicks. How you bring in all these stars and you expect to, you know, you're going to go to the finals. You're going to go to the finals and just it just doesn't work. So this year it's finally, we're finally starting to see it work. They're, you know, they're struggling a little bit right now and we'll talk about why they are, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really fun to see. So long answer short there. It's, it'll be very interesting to see what the angels do in the future with Trout and Otani and those guys. So (laughs) it's almost funny. Me and my co-hosts were talking off air that it would be great for baseball. If you guys were good and made it to the postseason and you saw trout and otani in the postseason regularly like that would help grow the sport you want to grow the sport have your stars on the biggest stage hello like otani and trout are your two of your stars you know yeah you have aaron judge on the on the big stage consistently because the yankees make the postseason but it almost seems unfair that you don't see mike trout and and shohei otani on that stage on a consistent basis so you know, we're we're hoping for you guys on, on our end, especially because obviously you guys don't affect us in any way. We're not in the same division or anything. We're hoping not for you guys to be better, and we're hoping for you guys to build a contender over there in the West. Speaking of which, that actually is a perfect segue to, to the next topic I wanted to discuss with you. Given this coming series, another thing me and my co-host Sean were talking about was how you guys have improved your pitching. I'm glad you mentioned your pitching earlier. You know, you got guys in there like, you know, former Met, uh, Noah Syndergaard. You got your rookies in there. You got a couple of guys that were, I guess, reclamation projects on your end because, you know, they weren't, they were non-starters to, to their respective teams before they came to you. It's an interesting little batch of starting pitchers that you have there and you seem to be turning it around. What can we, as Yankee fans look forward to as far as the pitching and the offense and just overall, what X factor should we look forward to in this three game set? Like I mentioned in the beginning that you guys don't have any announced starters yet. So I'm guessing, you know, you got to Joe Madden's got to mix that up a little bit, maybe, you know, do a bullpen game or something. I'm guessing, I don't know, like what's, what's going on with you guys. Uh, Give me your preview on the angels. Yeah. Looking at, looking at former 
starters, should I say. Um, it looks like it's probably going to be Cindergard, Otani, and Detmers in some order, not in that order, um, but in some order, it's going to be like that. You know, starting with Cindergard, I don't know if I have to say much about him. You guys saw enough of him in New York. Fantastic pitcher. He's been fantastic with the Angels. Um, the the staff is kind or Noah Syndergaard has just kind of taken the staff under his under his wing. You know, it's it's really impressive impressive to see that. You know, you'll see guys work quickly like Syndergaard does. You see these guys, you know, passionate like Syndergaard is, and that's what the Angels were missing in the past. It's just that that horse at the at the top of you know the Angels rotation to lead the way, and that's kind of what Syndergaard has been. I know maybe you know you look at the stats and it's like, well, he's not an ace anymore. You know, he's not throwing 100 miles an hour anymore, but like he's been a fantastic guy in the clubhouse, a fantastic um, mentor to a lot of these young guys. Because I don't think a lot of people know this, but the Angels had one of the youngest pitching staffs in baseball before they added Lorenzen and Syndergaard. And, and you know, even Otani's still really young. He's 28 years old, 27 years old. Um, so you'll probably see Syndergaard in some fashion. I, I think as long as Otani's healthy, you'll see, you'll see Otani, which is fantastic. We already talked about him. He's an absolute blast to watch uh pitching wise because i mean it's like i said it, it's all over the place to be honest um in a good way it's all over the place you know sliders disgusting the splitter the fastball i mean if it's all working for him it's it's working good though i think he had a tough start last year in new york i could be wrong i think he had a start that he gave up nine in the first um so so hopefully you guys get to see him a little bit more than that um in a good way you know um, and then Reed Detmers coming off the no hitter this year, uh, a couple starts ago, that was a lot of fun to watch that as a rookie. Um, something that I'm hoping that, you know, we see him turn the corner on and, you know, really pick up momentum. Uh, Detmers is a lot, a lot of fun strike thrower. He's got the big loopy curveball, a nice slider, a nice change up. Uh, and then he spots the fastball really well. Kind of reminds me, I can't even tell you rich Hill type of guy. Uh, that that's who he really reminds me of, uh, when you go out there and watch him, a young rich Hill a young, not an older Rich Hill, but a young Rich Hill. So I think that's going to be the starters that you see. And as, as far as player development goes on the start or on the pitching side of things for the angels, it's, it's been just throw strikes. Like that's, that's it. We don't care about like how good your stuff is. We don't care about how nasty your stuff is. You know, you see these guys that are, you know, throwing 19, 20 inches of horizontal break on their fastball and upper nineties fastballs and these disgusting curveballs and sliders and the angels don't have a lot of those guys. Angels have a lot of strike throwers that are going to throw strikes and, and hopefully get you deep into games. And that's what you hope for out of a six man rotation as well. Cause a lot of these guys, you won't see them go deep into games. I mean, you mentioned reclamation projects, Michael Lorenzen wasn't a starter. Noah Syndergaard pitched one inning last year or something like that. Uh, I mean, you have a couple rookies, Reed Detmers pitched 50 innings in the minor leagues after college before getting called up. So, I mean, a lot of these guys, you're not expecting them to go more than four or five, six innings into games and hope the bullpen gets better. And, and speaking of the bullpen, the bullpen has been off as of late. I think they have a five ERA in the last seven, seven, uh, seven days. But it's uh, it's a good bullpen. If you know if you catch them on a good day, it's it's hopefully six innings out of your starter. You go to Aaron Loop, who you guys are very familiar with with the Mets, in the in the seventh, Ryan Tapera in the eighth, and Rissell Iglesias in the ninth. And and that's um, I'll let you know Iglesias is is every bit of advertises what you, what you guys have heard. He's a lot of fun. Uh, if he has it going, but this bullpen struggling right now, I'll, I'll tell you that much. This rotation is fantastic. The bullpen is struggling a little bit. So if, if the Yankees can get to the bullpen, that's going to be the key. Um, so if they can get to the bullpen early too, within like the fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth inning of any of these guys, that's, that's going to be where the angels are going to, are going to struggle.
what about on the offensive side? What should we look forward to on the offensive side? I know the Yankees, you know, me and my co-hosts, we talked about this. We're happy that we kind of uh, dodged the bullet with not having to face Anthony Rendon in this series. Who else should we look forward to? And what overall can you tell us as far as like X factors offensively? You know, what should we look forward to offensively from the Angels in this series? Yeah, I mean, it goes it goes as advertised, like you guys are saying. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are a lot of fun, but the Angels had an all-star at first baseman last year, and Jared Walsh, who's absolutely hitting the cover off the ball right now, who's a lot of fun and, and will be a lot of fun with that short porch in right field. Um, Tyler Wade's a play- – I mean, you guys know about Tyler Wade. Playmaker. Like, I don't think I have to say much about him. Playmaker, playmaker, playmaker. Like, unsung hero here in the first two months for the Angels. Uh, I, I absolutely love watching him play. Uh, Velas- Andrew Velasquez, Squid, you know, you, I don't have to say much about him. Love the defense. You probably won't see much on the offensive side of things, but his defense is unbelievable. I love it. It's it's so smooth. It's so sweet to watch him play. And then, you know, Matt Duffy's coming off a four-hit game a couple nights ago against lefties. So, you know, watch out Nestor Cortez, I think. And I don't know if he has had any other lefties, but Duffy against lefties is a lot of fun. Uh, we're and- not we're not worried about Nestor, man. Not for nothing. Nestor's been... Yeah. I love that Cy Young type of year so far. Can he hold it up? We'll see. But he's been on a Cy Young like role recently. So if if there's any pitcher we're not worried about in this series, it's Nestor Cortez. And that's crazy to say. I love watching him. He's so much fun. Like that's that's how I pitched in college. So that's um, that's, you know, dear near and dear to my heart watching him pitch. But yeah, you know, on on the offensive side of things, Max Stassi's a lot of fun. You know, fantastic catcher. But, you know, you could catch him hitting 500 in a series at some point. So the Angels, you know, are a streaky team, but if offensively, especially Angels are very streaky, but if, you know, if you catch them at a, at a, at a bad time or a good time for the Angels offense, watch out. Cause they're going to put up seven, eight, nine, ten 10 runs a game on you. And it's, you know, it's going to be over like that. But again, if you get to the Angels early uh, and, and you're able to get to that bullpen early, yes, they have some interesting pieces that can get them, that can bridge them from that starter to the big, to the big three, in Oliver Ortega, Jaime Berea, Jimmy Herget, who's a lot of fun to like, uh, who was a lot of fun to watch, kind of that Nestor Cortez type guy from the right-hand side. I'm not going to compare him to him, but it's very similar to that. But, um, but yeah, you know, like I said, the key for the Yankees, get to the Angels early. Uh, get to that bullpen as, as quickly as possible. And, um, and keep the Angels at bay. Keep Trout at bay. Keep Otani at bay. Keep, uh, keep Walsh at bay, and, and you guys will be good. It's funny because I look at your, I look at your bullpen – and um, the names sound very familiar to to Yankee fans because if you think of Jansen Junk, he was uh, a draft pick by the Yankees. Kyle Baraclaw, he signed a minor league deal not too long ago with the Yankees. Same with Ryan Tapera. Same with Matt Duffy for going from in in the infield. So like we see all these guys who come in to to the Yankee organization. Maybe they don't make it to the majors, but they kind of ride our minor league system. We're trying to give them a chance. Doesn't end up working out and. I, I've been watching this season just how all of them have kind of merged onto the Angels and have been have been great, you know, for the most part, you know, very good for Los Angeles. And uh, I have to say, out of I don't I don't root on for any team except the Yankees. I don't have a second favorite, but if I had one, I think it would be the Angels because like I've always had like a soft spot for them because I always like I'm an Islander fan. So in, in for hockey, so I cheer on the little brother. And I, I don't know if you consider you guys yourself the little brother to the Dodgers, but, you know, like it's different because you play in different things. But like here, the Mets are the little brother to the Yankees, even though Mets fans will hate me for saying that. 
it's just uh, that's just how it is. So I always cheer on for the little guys. I'm a Jets fan, too. So I'm the little brother to the Giants. So I always have that like soft spot for them and uh, for, for your hitting uh, to kind of move it to the conversation we had before. Uh, we definitely know about Jared Walsh because we don't forget the uh, the Aroldis Chapman breakdown after the rain delay and the walks and in the grand slam. We, we don't forget. We So we know exactly who Jared Walsh is and how much he's hurt us uh, the last couple of years. Obviously, Anthony Rendon is, was a stud for, for the Nationals. And, you know, he, he was kind of injury prone, I think, last year for you guys. But he was, you know, I think he's still a, a top 10, top five third baseman if, if healthy. Um, Otani, Trout, obviously, one and two best players in the game. We know, we know Tyler Wade very well. It's funny because for years, all we wanted was to get rid of him. Until last year, we kind of had like a soft spot for him because he was stealing bases. He was, he was, he was the lefty bat we kind of needed at a certain specific time. And he's, and he's looked, we've seen the highlights all the time. He's been, it's been great for you guys for, for the most part. Funny about Velasquez because Velasquez was like a homegrown guy for us. And then to see him go with the Angels at the same time Wade did was uh was also fun because we cheer on you know the the little guys i guess we could say the you know the guys just like cortez who you don't think will have a legitimate shot but they get it and now they're you know they've they're showing in showing out and so that's always cool i have to say i was going to say this before too regarding your uh regarding reed detmers i was just i was just on my honeymoon in los angeles and i was going to go to the angels game against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I was this close to pulling the trigger and going. And it just so happens that I go, nah, you know, uh, it's not worth it. Maybe, you know, I'll just, I'll catch it again another time. That night they throw the no hitter and I just go, ah, of course. <laughs> like what are the odds that I, I get a chance to go to the Angels game? And um, I live in New York, but I'm in LA and I go, ah, or Anaheim. Um, you know what? I'll just not go this time. And they throw the no hitter against the team we just came from with the with the race but of course yeah that's just that's just how it goes of course of course and and, and on top of that one guy that i've completely forgot because he's been kind of heard kind of off and on or not off and on but kind of heard a little bit this year uh taylor ward <laughs> one of the best that's... one of the best offensive guys in baseball right now like or he, he was should i say he's been like i said off and on hurt but i mean he's basically been mike trout to be honest and that, like you're adding another mike trout into this lineup and that's that's a that's a scary scary team to have. So as long as he's healthy, I know he's been kind of off and on. He's got a stinger from running into the into the wall, but I think he should be back for this for this Yankees series. Uh, it's um yeah he's he's a lot of fun to watch too. That's that's a tough at bat, and you know you put you know those four guys in in Trout, Otani, Ward, and and Walsh one like two through five right there, and that's um that's a tough bit to get through as well. So watch out for that too. Yeah, even for us too, Brandon Marsh is, has always yep. been a problem for us. So, you know, it, your your lineup is no uh, easy lineup to go through. It doesn't matter if it's Cortez, Cole, anybody. You know, we won't see Cole for this series, but you know, it. You guys always always bring the toughest matchup, but it it was always for the Angels. The constant conversation was they get the big names hitting, but they've always left pitching alone, and that was always what hurt you guys into you know being ahead of the Astros or the Mariners at the time, the athletics, now the athletics are, I'm going to mention that, but you know, like that now to see it addressed with, obviously you, you take Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen and guys who 
you don't know if they if they could still be what they used to be. Obviously, Lorenzo was was a very well known and really good reliever that you kind of turned into a starter. And Syndergaard, we know here because Syndergaard was always the guy. Oh, we got to get this guy out of here because New York quick trigger. If 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 you're not good for us now, we don't like you anymore. So yeah, uh, that's it, and then you're out of here. And Syndergaard was always the guy, and I love that, like you said, that he's kind of been like a like a leadership sort of role that people follow. And I think that's what he always wanted. And I think that was why he was so quick to sign with the Angels because I think he wanted a fresh start somewhere where he'd be respected and somewhere he can show that he still has has what it takes to be a top quality guy. Yeah, that that's what that's what I think a lot of Angels fans hope for in Matt Harvey when the Angels signed him was that leadership type of role. Obviously, I mean, after all everything that happened this offseason and Tyler Skaggs trial, that didn't happen. But yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what what the Angels were really hoping for with uh, with Matt Harvey, and it just never ended up ended up ended up happening. And you know, it it is what it is. But yeah, you know, Syndergaard's been fantastic. It's it's been a it's been a breath of fresh air having some of these new guys come in here. So. I actually want to say real quick, speaking of unfortunate situations, we don't see it too much over here, but have you heard anything about what happened with, with Kurt Suzuki yesterday? Is, is he doing all right? Yeah, he's doing good, should I say. I, I think he's available to play in, in today's game. I know we're recording this Sunday. It'll probably come out Monday. But, yeah, I think he's available. he might be available to play. Um, yeah, that was a scary situation, though. Like, scary, I mean, yeah. I, I do post a lot of videos for about about the Angels and stuff. That's one that I, I just stayed away from. He – I guess he came out and said, I, I don't know what it hit in his neck. Um, but yeah, they, uh, he said he passed out, went unconscious in the, in the angels dugout Again, scary situation. They, they took him to the hospital, uh, was fine there. So yeah, he actually returned back to the, uh, to angel stadium that night too. So um, yes, everything seems to be good, which is, which is, which is fantastic for him. I know again, like he's a, he's one of those guys who's been in the league for feels like 15, 20 years now mm-hmm. um, because he, because he has, uh, but, um, but yeah, that was an extremely scary situation watching that video happen over and over again. I mean, it just, yeah, you, you don't hope for something like that, no matter if he's batting, you know, a hundred, 300, 400, you, you never hope for something like that to happen. Like that, that was just a scary situation, but he seems to be doing, seems to be doing fine. He should play. I would assume in the Yankee series. I know they, um, down AAA, they took out Chad Wallach, who was fantastic for the Angels for a little while. But um, they took him out of the game just as precaution to, to send him into Anaheim. So, uh, but it looks like Suzuki is going to be fine and, and no IL stint or anything like that. But yeah, scary situation for sure. It's good to see that he's um, he was doing okay. But yeah, on on to you know getting some questions for you guys out there. I got two two solid ones. I guess two and a half because it has to do with two, with the, um, two players. I'll start with this the one I didn't you know talk about before. Um, Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez, I was ecstatic to see them get, you know, let go of by the Yankees. I still don't understand why the Yankees did that. Like I said, I mean, I don't watch Yankees on it on a daily basis. And you guys already mentioned it before you guys wanted Wade out for years, but I, I love watching these guys play. And I mean, I guess maybe because the angels haven't had a lot of success, you know, bringing in these guys. And now that you see these guys, you know, kind of catch fire for the angels, whatever happened with those guys. Well, uh, I'll start first, if you don't mind, Sean, and then you you can chime in. Uh, with Tyler Wade, people just got tired of him for years because they felt like he didn't have any power, that basically, you know, he couldn't get the ball out of the infield. And they felt that even though he could contribute defensively and fill in on so many different positions, he was a liability offensively and they thought he was a surefire out. 
last year, like like my co-host Sean said, he started becoming a darling because he started hitting more and he started hitting balls to the gap more and and you know getting on base more and that's all we wanted from him. We just wanted him to be productive, not necessarily a home run hitter like an Aaron Judge or anybody like that because that's just not his game. But we wanted him to get on base. We wanted him to be able to use his elite speed and steal bases and stuff like that. And he would never get on base, and it it would just frustrate us to the point of no return and with squid that one i feel hurt yankee fans more when he was let go at least for me personally i feel like that one hurt me more than the tyler wade one because of what sean said because he's a kid from the bronx because you know he got a shot and made the most of it you know he was just supposed to be a fill-in he wasn't supposed to be there you know long term but he did so good with his opportunity that it was difficult for the Yankees to bring him down I mean for goodness sakes he played in the playoffs for us that should tell you something you know like so and yeah you're right his defense is outstanding I I loved watching that kid on the field playing shortstop like I like I said I was sad when he was let go I was like man I'm gonna miss I'm going to miss Squid's energy. I'm going to miss his defense as short. You know, he was infectious, man. Even his smile, like people rallied around Squid Velasquez. And, you know, to close it out before I pass it to my co-host, Sean, um, I'm happy for both of them. I'm happy that they're both doing good with you guys. I'm happy you guys like them. You guys seem to like both of them a lot more than we did, especially Tyler Wade. So happy for both of them, man. Happy for their success. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. And like I said, I love that the Angels now have that um, that uh, depth that I was going to say. I don't think you guys know. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Velasquez actually started in AAA for the Angels before Sean answers his part. But he started in AAA for the Angels and they brought got brought up. The Angels had a huge backload in, in middle infielders. But Sean, go ahead. And I, I'm, I'm interested to know your take on these guys. Uh, it's funny. So I agree. I would say 75% with, with Enrique there. With Tyler Wade especially, because Tyler Wade, we kind of, we did get tired uh, of Tyler Wade, but it was more because of, you know, he was the lefty bat who, you know, had the speed and, and you know, had, well, should have had the contact that we needed, but he just couldn't get his batting average or get on base a lot. He was, he was you know, hitting 150, then 160 one year, and then, you know, 170 the year after. So it was kind of like, like the impatience was growing. And for three years of batting like that, you, the impatience can only last so long, especially for Yankee fans. You kind of just think like, all right, I think it's time. And then all of a sudden last year, he has such a great year. And I was surprised because of the fact, you know, he was known for mainly just playing second, short, maybe third every now and then, but really just those two positions. And last year, we used him in such a way where he was pinch running for us in every high leverage situation. He can, he played every position, but first base and catcher. And he showed that he can get on base. He, he jumped his batting average up a hundred points and was really showing that like he can be an effective role player or even a guy to step in at times. So I was kind of surprised that the Yankees let him go now where I thought he was going to be let go maybe years ago because of the fact like the Yankee fans are impatient. The Yankees are impatient, especially in the 2017 to 2021 run where we thought we should have had a championship 17. We should have, you know, been right there in, in 19, maybe in the terrible year in 21. 
But, you know, like, I was surprised by that. And for Velasquez, the reason why the Yankees had to let him go, too, was because he was, you know, the starting shortstop for us in, in the wild card game. But at the same time, the Yankees' top priority going into the offseason was getting a, a shortstop. And, you know, he was a great defender, and we knew that. Like, we saw him making plays next to Gio Urshela. It seemed like our the left side of the infield was – you couldn't get a ball past it. And, you know, we had that, but we also didn't have the hitting. And we knew that shortstop was the number one thing we had to address because Glaber struggled so much at short. So we had to make the decision that either we have to completely, you know, change the blueprint and go for it next year or kind of say, I think we could keep Velasquez and kind of stick to the old routine. I think Yankees wanted a fresh start completely with, with all the players that, you know, weren't doing enough weren't the judges and the Stantons and all that. And I think they wanted to just completely restart with the whole new, whole new system, whole new team. You know, that's why I think the, the Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez trade happened and stuff like that. I think we just needed a fresh start. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, the angels had a back uh, backload in, in middle infielders and David Fletcher, Matt Duffy, uh, squid who was playing fantastic at the time. And then, uh, and Tyler Wade, and then thank goodness, like, not thank goodness, but, uh, David Fletcher got hurt and he's going to be out for a while with a hip injury. And it's like, all right, like the angels, we don't have to worry about that right now. You know, you can put squid at short, wait a second and Matt Duffy can go and play wherever he needs to play. So yeah, I, I was not happy about Fletcher getting hurt, but you know, it, 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 it was a good problem to have. I'll say that it was a good problem to have. So again, and second question here for you guys. I know, I know for a fact, we talked about him already. I know for a fact, Nestor Cortez is going to shove against the Angels. Angels can't hit left-handed pitching to save their life. Angels fans are going to be upset because it's going to be like, oh, this no-name, you know, guy who's flipping up off-speed and flipping up all this weird stuff is shoving against the Angels. We should destroy him, though he has been fantastic this year. I want, I want to hear about Nestor Cortez because I love this guy. Uh, it's funny because with Nestor, we, we've had him, let's just say technically three times, you know, we drafted him, then we let him go to Baltimore. You know, he struggles in Baltimore. We pick him up for kind of like nothing. And then he, he was okay with us. Not great. And you know, that Twitter like loved him before he was great. And the Yankees Twitter out there that, that here's this, you know, there's specific accounts out there had who had, you know, him with a turtle for years. So you know, like they loved him and then he ends up going to Seattle and, you know, he struggled there and then he comes back to us. And even we, when we took him on last year, we were kind of surprised at how good he was, but didn't really believe in it because we still went into this offseason as Yankee fans. Like we need something to replace Nestor. It's not good enough. Nestor's not good enough. You know, he was a reliever for us and we kind of just were like, we felt like we were settling on Nestor. And then the fact that Nestor this year is is should be if he keeps this up at an all-star level i don't want to say cy young because people will come at my throw for it so i think he's uh he's definitely proven that he's in the cy young conversation if you uh take the first quarter of the season but uh we love we love nestor here he's like if not a fan favorite already he's in the top three of favorite uh yankees out there and uh i think because of the fact that he's not the typical you know, first round pick, second round pick, six foot eight monster, you know, that we, that we have here, we have like three of them, you know, he's just a little guy who just, you know, give one, give him one chance and he'll, he'll prove it to you that he deserves to stay. And he's not even shown that he deserves to stay, 
but that he should be considered for, you know, like the highest of rewards, which I don't think any of us saw going into the season. So, yeah, Yankee fans here, I think, can say we love him more than anything, more than some family members, maybe. <laughs> I, I, all I got out of that was go ahead and pick up anybody you want from Baltimore and they will become good. That's, that's, what I, that's okay it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> it is. Yeah, man. And, and listen, Sean, if, if Yankees Twitter or anybody on Twitter comes after you have them come at me, bro. Cause I, I said it earlier in the podcast. I do feel that he is pitching at a Cy Young level so far. Like, like I said earlier on the podcast, also it bears repeating. Will he keep it up? remains to be seen you know it's 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 not common for pitchers to come out of nowhere and maintain this type of level of success and this type of level of efficiency all year long you know a drop-off is always expected we hope as Yankee fans that there's no drop-off we hope that he keeps pitching like this I mean as of right now the guy is pitching to a 170 ERA and a 0.85 whip. That's insane. Insane. Especially for a guy who was supposed to be our number five starter slash our, you know, and we've talked about it, Sean, but I'll, I'll let um, our, our host, Jared, know. We went into this season thinking that, you know, Nestor Cortez was going to be our Swiss Army knife guy, that he would just get starts here and there filling in for guys if they got hurt, you know? So for a guy like that, that his rotation spot wasn't even guaranteed to start the year. At least speculatively, it wasn't to do this. I mean, bro, like I'll, I'll tell you, Jared, we have a, well, I have a name for Nestor Cortez in this podcast. He's a fellow Cuban like me, and he's also from South Florida like me. So I always say, you know, I have a nickname for him on this podcast. I always call him El Orgullo de Hialeah, which means the pride of Hialeah, because that's the part of South Florida he's from, Hialeah, Florida. And, you know, rightfully so. I call him the pride of Hialeah because he pitches like the pride of Hialeah. And it's 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 incredible to watch and to see. Um, I, I know I'm kind of rambling here. I'm sorry, guys, but it's just incredible to see what this guy's doing. I'm just glad that fans like like you Jared and fans all around baseball are starting to see it I'll, I'll close with that like I I even saw recently Sean if I'm not mistaken that he even got some credit and and you know some love on MLB Network right so hey bro <laughs> he's not just a story in New York anymore he's getting national attention now yeah I was gonna say uh I heard you Jared say that you love Nestor and stuff but that was gonna be my question to you earlier was uh, how, how do people out, you know, not Yankee fans that you see him on the West coast or people that, you know, that also watch baseball, is, is he as advertised like to you guys, do you guys really see him? And then I shouldn't say believe in him, or do you guys like love him the way that we kind of love him? Like he's real deal to us. It, is it like that for you guys? Are you guys just like waiting on the day? Like, Oh, well, it's only good for now. And so I was, I was curious that, uh, of what you think let me put it this way uh to piggyback off my partner's question jared to put it in a better way for you if the angels today traded for nestor cortez what would be your reaction i would love it i would i would absolutely love it i mean it's a it's it's first off it's kind of that feel-good story too you know we jumped around league a little bit and he's pitching he's pitching really well to start the season off um it, it reminds me of r.a dickey when he pitched for the Mets, you know, he had that Cy Young type of year, you know, he bounced around the league, you know, we had that backstory, which is 
which is brutal backstory, but, you know, he jumped around the league. He could never really find it. Started throwing this knuckleball, just like, you know, Nestor Cortez started doing all this funky stuff with his delivery and all of a sudden it starts working, you know? So that's, that's what I, that's what it reminds me of is that RA Dickey type of thing. And I just, I hope that Cortez keeps it up. I really, really do. I think that that's, it's just such a fun story. And yes, I would absolutely love Nestor Cortez. <laughs> I, I would, that'd be a lot. That'd be a lot of fun. Like I said, he reminds me of what I pitched like in college. So I, I love it. You know, that, funky delivery you'll see it with jimmy hergett you'll see it you see it around the league funky delivery just goes out there and gets out it doesn't matter how he gets him gets out doesn't need to strike everybody out you know pitches in a tough ballpark fly ball seems like everything leaves the park in a sense so yeah i mean i guess if you're talking to uh chris woodward yeah i mean it's it's like that you know i know it's not a little league ballpark or anything like that but but yeah you know nestor cortez you know anybody pitching like that just just getting outs in a sense like any any way you can doesn't need to strike everybody out like i know the the league like strikeouts right now so i just love it it's a it's a feel-good story story in a sense it's that andrew velasquez ra dickey you know anybody who's really gone through some stuff uh you know been around the league and is finally succeeding it's it's really fun to see that uh tyler uh not tyler wade uh taylor ward's another fantastic story about you know just not for a former first rounder so yeah you know it's i I'd love Nestor Cortez to put it in, in simple terms for you guys. I would love him. <laughs> well, there's your answer, Sean, as far as how much uh, other people love, love our, our ace, like we call him right now, even though, you know, if we're being real gun to our head, we know Garrett Cole's the ace, but a lot of Yankee fans call him the ace right now on uh, Nestor Cortez. That shows the love he's getting nationwide. We just asked an Angels fan if how he would feel if he got traded to the Angels. And he said, quote unquote, I would love it. So that should answer your question, partner. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, that answered it for sure. I think um, I absolutely agree with what, what you were saying. It was I, I was talking to Enrique off air about this because I love Nestor so much because of the fact that he doesn't care about, you know, his stats or anything like that. All he cares about is doing what, the best that he could possibly do to win a ball game. And, you know, obviously – Every pitcher wants to do that, and every pitcher wants to show out, you know, and be the nine innings and whatever, the best that they can possibly do. But you could see it on Nestor, like, just for every pitch, you know, being different and showing how hard it is to make it into the league with, you know, with the with the background that he has and, like, the, you know, being, whatever, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and throwing a funky delivery and, you know, like – instead of the six, two, six, three, throwing a hundred, he's throwing 90. Like it's, I, I love stuff like that. I love, like I said to you before, the little brother, the little, you know, the average Joe, that, that stuff. I love that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I, I definitely think you answered that, that question for me uh, loud and clear. <laughs> so I know we all, I know we all got to probably bounce out of this one. So any, what, what else do we got? We got anything else going here, guys, besides hopefully an angels sweep here in this, in this series. <laughs> well, we didn't talk, I mean, we, oh, we didn't talk about 27 rings, which I am extremely excited about that as well. So <laughs> when there were no, there was no mention of 27 rings, you know, how, you know, the joke. Oh, the they, fact that we didn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, super yeah. glad that nothing was brought up about 27 rings. Because or anything we're not like, like that. that. We're, we, we're from, <laughs> From 2010 on, we well, we won in 2009, but 2010 on, we've been we've been kind of just sitting there like a dog with his legs between the tails, like just hoping to get back there. And like every year, we just go like, "Come on, man! Like we have the team. How are we not back?" And like we always come up short. So now, you know, the 27 rings argument is only like for like Red Sox fans who constantly like you know 
poke the bear every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single time they beat us, it's poke the bear, poke the bear, poke the bear. And so then we, you know, you have those Yankee fans out there. Oh, we won 27 rings. And so, you know, like that always happens. But, you know, we're, it's, we're definitely not like that now. Love it. Yeah. I love it, guys. Yeah, no, we're you're talking to two down to earth, very realistic Yankee fans who do not live in the past. Um, we have no problem bringing up the past. Like like Sean said, if you poke us, you know, especially uh, one particular Red Sox fan, Sean, I'm glad you bring it. You bring it up. Um, there's one particular one that loves to poke the bear and loves to like get a rise out of Yankee fans. Like he, him, if I ever saw him in person, I'd have no problem shoving in his face. How many titles we have as opposed to them. Uh, that guy from Barstool, Jared, uh, funny. He has your same name. Uh, Jared, uh, what's his, what was his last Carabas name? Or something like that. Carabas, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Carabas. Yeah. Carabas. Yeah. That, Carabas, that's that guy. My I have him blocked on all my socials. Like, <laughs> I, I gave up on that like four years ago. He's, good, yeah, he's, like, good, he's a good baseball guy, but yes, Bar, yeah. Barstool takes it to the max. I'll say that. I love yes, Barstool, yeah. but they take it to the max. Yeah, especially him, man. So like, you know, if, if with me and Sean in particular, obviously not every Yankee fan is like that. We're, we're aware that there's Yankee fans out there that are obnoxious and they'll throw it in your face all the time and they'll act like they're superior because – you know, the Yankees won titles that they weren't even alive to see. I get it. But with me and Sean, you don't have to worry about that, Jared. We, like I said, we just shove it in your face if you poke the bear, like like he said. Uh, and yeah, you got it in the back pocket. You got it in the back pocket. We're very aware that we have not won since 2009 and are hoping, hoping that this is the year we finally get over the hump, man. Yeah, I we just should wanna, be right there. I just want to go to the play. I just want to go to the playoffs. Like I, I want to know what the playoffs. Us too. We want you to go to the playoffs. We oh. want to see Trout and Otani and all of them. We want. That's what we've been. We were saying that off air a couple of days ago. That's that's the number one thing we want. We want the Angels, of course, to beat the Astros because we hate the Astros, and so we would love nothing more than the Angels to be better than the Astros, win the West, beat them in the playoffs, and you know, end that whole rivalry right then and there and you know see we would love to face the angels in you know in the alds alcs bro that you literally took the words out of my mouth you want a major league marquee matchup for the postseason angels versus yankees john carlos stanton aaron judge mike trout shohei otani are you kidding me bro like that is must watch baseball that is the marquee matchup that major league Probably major league. They will never admit this because they claim they want parity, but that's probably deep down the, the matchup they are salivating to see in the playoffs one day. Yeah. Now, I mean, just angels in general in the playoffs, you get two of the biggest names in baseball. I mean, you bring in Japan, you know, to, to yes. this, that that's, I mean, speaking of that, Tyler Wade is hot guy in Japan, by the way. So for, for those, look at that, that look that's, at that. that's what he's known as in Japan. They love, they absolutely love him there. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, for him, man. it's, uh, it, that angels just need to, I just, I, I want to know what the playoffs feel like again. It's been a while. I just want to know what it feels like. <laughs> well, man, Hey Jared, uh, thank you for hopping on with us, man. But, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get a Yankees versus angels playoff matchup, whether it's ALCS, ALDS, it doesn't matter. I would love to, I would love to see that matchup personally. I, I know I'm, I have a feeling my co-host agrees, right, Sean? 
Oh, you you already know I agree because, <laughs> like I said, that's the that if there's a team I would ever root for besides the Yankees, it's the Angels because of course the names, but you know for that little little brother mentality that or the underdog that they always seem to be. So of course I would. Yeah, I mean the only thing that I have against the Angels, Sean, and, and call me petty, but is is their manager, bro. Like I see Joe Madden and I still think of all those race series where he constantly shifted on us. And I think him, I think Evan Longoria, like that is the literally the only thing I don't like about you guys, your manager, because all those years in the L East, man. But yeah, Jared, thank you for, for hopping on with us, man. We appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys. Like I said, just love talking baseball. Fantastic. Anytime you guys need me back on more than happy to jump on and just talk baseball with you guys. Absolutely had a blast. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, for Yankee fans that are listening to this that might want to, you know, listen to your podcast or check out your work, where can they find you? Absolutely. Uh, we got the podcast going. Talking Halos has nothing to do with talking John Boy or anything like that. But uh, we are actually before them, not to throw that out there, but we were before them. Um, yeah, talk, Talking Halos, absolutely have a blast talking talking baseball, angels in, in general on there. And then you can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. Um, also have the Instagram too, that I get to throw some fun uh, angels content in as well. So that same thing, Jared underscore Tim's. Um, but yeah, minor leagues, absolutely love it. Know the minor leagues like the back of my hand. Um, but it's also fun to post some stuff about Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So go ahead and follow me there. Well, there you go. And, and for your angels fans, be sure to give us a follow. If you want to know about the Yankees at hottest Kina pod on both Twitter and Instagram, uh, you can follow me at Elijah's dad and you can follow Sean at Sean Negron 25. And, you know, if you like this episode, be sure to give it a five-star rating and review and hit that subscribe button so you can get all new episodes when, when it becomes available. So for me, Sean and Jared, we wish you guys a great weekend and uh, we'll be back to talk to you Monday. Take care, guys. Go Yanks.